one, two, three. Y'all can come on down and sit in these, uh, sit in that pew back there, uh, unless you want to get real close together. Y'all just look sideways. Y'all come on in. We may have to snug up a little bit, but I think it'll work uh, the way we got it. Glad to see everybody this morning. I'm a little hoarse, so if uh, if I have to take a drink of water, uh, you'll understand. And I want to thank you for being here. Much larger crowd than David had last week, so I'm, I'm going to work off of that and think that you're here just because of, of me. But I doubt that very seriously. We're still making our way through the middle of Genesis, which is, uh, has turned out to be a little more complicated than we thought it would be. And uh, we're winding up uh, 25, and we're ready to start in chapter 26. There's a lot going on in the middle of Genesis that when you just take a general cruise through the whole book, you think it all... After the creation and everything's over, and then you get on over to the, to, uh, the days of Joseph, uh, things are in between. There's not much going on, but there is a lot. There's a lot to be learned there. In uh, beginning in verse uh, chapter, excuse me, chapter 21, uh, there's a famine in the land. So Isaac goes to King. Abimelech, the king of the Philistines, and the Lord warns Isaac not to go down to Egypt, but to settle in Gerar, which uh, we've heard that word before, and that God would be with him and bless him and bless his descendants 
fulfilling what he had promised to Abraham. So Isaac, he settles in Gerar, and he's telling the local men that Rebekah is his sister. We've heard this version before. And I was surprised when it came up again, but that just tells you that there's a lot in the word. That Rebekah was his sister and not his wife in verse, about verse 6 of this chapter. Because like Abraham, he's afraid that he will be killed and that Rebekah will be taken because like Sarah was, she apparently is a beautiful lady. I think it's ironic. This must be a, have been a custom or the way things were done back in those days because Abraham had the same problem that uh, Isaac's got. And if you look at some of the third world countries, I got to trying to wrap my head around that. And if you've ever studied or thought about Afghanistan very much, there are like in a way, kind of like this was, they are a very tribal nation. And each tribe is like a cocoon. And if you enter into their territory, they are not prone or not uh, afraid or will take advantage of that. And you, the, the people there have learned to be careful when they move about their own country. So I think we're seeing some of that as we look at this uh, scenario once again. So Abraham, um, excuse me, so Abraham fears that, that he would be killed and Rebekah taken because uh, she's beautiful. One day came Abimelech sees Isaac rubbing the back of Rebecca, the, I think the biblical word he uses is caressing, and Abimelech realizes what's going on. He he understands that this is the truth, and he therefore he warns his people, "Do not touch Rebecca." Come on in, folks. There's plenty of seats back in the back there. Uh, now, Abraham's dealings with King Abimelech earlier in Genesis uh, is very similar to this. And we have the same name. I did a lot of research, and if anybody's got any better information than I do, I could never tell if these were the one and the same or if they're two different kings that are named the same, maybe a true lineage. I, I have a tendency to lean toward that just because of the time frame that has transpired there. Um, so we don't know that for sure, but it, the same process is uh, taking place. But God promises to bless Isaac in this land that he's in now and not to venture into to Egypt. And Isaac uh, nevertheless finds that his beautiful wife will make him vulnerable to these things, which was often the case with Abraham and Sarah, as I've already alluded to. And the Hebrew word that's used. You have a question? 
Yeah, I, I, that's what I've come to the conclusion on, but I couldn't they find think it's a, They think it's a dynastic. Yeah. Uh, but the Hebrew word there for caressing uh, uh, can be translated as laughter and suggesting that Isaac, whose name means laughter, was just being himself in, with Rebecca. But that's just a side caveat uh, that really doesn't change the, the uh, perspective at all. So God blesses Isaac, and he reaps a, a great reward uh, in this new land that he's in, uh, becoming very wealthy, apparently. And the Philistines were not too uh, happy with that. They were envious. So Abimelech tells Isaac, it's time for him to move away. And so he does and goes to a near town uh, called Gerar. And for whatever reason, I guess I can understand if I were there, he gets into a quarrel with some of the locals there over water wells. And uh, he finds his own well and uh, himself. And he names this place Rehoboth. I'm not real good at interpreting some of these names, so but you get the meaning there. So after he moves to Beersheba, where the Lord appeared to him, and there he reminds uh, him that uh, of the promises of his blessings. And after he digs a well there, Abimelech and his men come to visit with them and Knowing who he is now, Abimelech uh, offers to, to have a covenant uh, since it's clear that now that Isaac is favored by, by the Lord himself. And so they meet and exchange some, I guess, pleasantries. If you've ever seen two, two teams of people meet, you know, for competition, they're always cordial, but you know, back in their mind, they're thinking, "I would do this guy in if I could get by with it, but I have to be nice to him because my boss says I can't do that." And that's kind of the scenario that's uh, going on here. So they celebrate with a feast and exchange oaths, and the oath was, you know. Just a handshake and a type of agreement promising not to hurt each other. And at this point, we see that God has fulfilled his promise to establish Isaac in the land of Canaan, though no one uh, really receives his presence kindly. It takes a while to find peace for the, the people there. And like Abraham before him, Isaac... <coughs> Success causes other people to see that God's hand is at work in all of this. And Isaac and Abimelech have formed these covenants, and they apparently from then forward, they peacefully just got along with each other. And then Isaac's son Esau, Esau's going to come into the, to the equation here, marries two Hittite women, Judith and Basemath. These women apparently make 
Isaac and Rebecca's life unpleasant. They're, they're, they were not good, uh, a good match for the family, so to speak. So that's kind of a brief summary of uh, chapter 26. And like David and I have said many times, we need a year to go through this entire book and, and, and do it in a detail. But I'm following his suit like he did last week, and we're just we're covering the high points. And uh, I encourage you to read it because we have a tendency when we look or think about the book of Genesis. If I ask, you know, what's the book of Genesis all about? The majority of people say about the creation. Well, that's true, but the creation only takes up what David like the first two chapters, maybe, and maybe three at the most. And then we get to the end where we're dealing with Joseph. But in between, it's, it's kind of a untouched territory from our standpoint because those are the two things we focus on. And, you know, that's understandable because that's the two things that you get teached about most of the time. <laughs> Nobody takes time to, to go through the middle of the, of the chapter. And I'll, I'll confide with you that it's difficult to paraphrase so much of this. Uh, we're we're going to get through several chapters today if possible. Uh, because we've said before, time is running out. And we'll deal with that as we go. <clears throat> so, in chapter 27, things have changed. Some time has transpired because <clears throat> Isaac is now old. He's uh, blind unable to see and he's about to bestow his blessings uh, as a father would do when he is near the point of, of death that was the tradition that's the way they did things so he's unable to see and this 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 whole scenario gets almost if it wasn't serious it almost is comical the way it develops Lost my water bottles. So <clears throat> Isaac summons Esau to him, and Isaac explains to him uh, that, you know, like a father would, he said, Look, I'm old, I'm blind, I don't know when I'm going to die, <clears throat> but I, I just want you, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> to. Uh, do something for me. And so he, he asked Esau if he would hunt, go hunting, and bring some of his favorite game to him and that, that he can get it cooked and have a, have a meal like he likes. And somewhere back, I think it was two chapters back, there was just a commentary that said that Esau was apparently a skilled hunter. Uh, we probably have a lot of skilled hunters in here because yesterday when I went out to the men's retreat, I spent a lot of time in the Army. I have never seen that many weapons all at one time and, and so much ammunition shot at one time. Uh, so I'll tell you, I feel more safe in this building now than I ever have knowing that we've got people that can take care of that kind of thing. But 
back to this. <clears throat> so he asked Esau to go hunting for him and, uh, and fix him a meal uh, the way he liked it. The problem was, if you're looking at uh, about verse 5, Rebekah tells Jacob, Esau's brother, to go get two goats from their flock, which apparently was right there, and that she would prepare them for Isaac. And Isaac will give Jacob his blessing. And we'll talk about the blessing as we go through this a little more. So Jacob worries about it, that if Esau, if, excuse me, if, if Isaac touches him, he will know that Jacob is not Esau. And you ask, well, how is that? Well, if you remember when they were born, Esau was very hairy, had a lot of hair on him. I don't know much about hair, so you have to take my word for it. But, and then Jacob's skin was smooth. So Esau uh, is concerned about that. And excuse me, Isaac is concerned about that. And Jacob worries that if Isaac touches him, that he'll know that it's Jacob instead of Esau. So Esau is much hairier, as I said. So Rebekah covers Jacob with Esau's clothing, garments, and also takes some of the skin from the goats that, she's, that they've slaughtered and puts that on his hands so that when uh, Isaac touches him, he'll think it is uh, Esau. This gets more complicated as we go along. So Jacob carries the prepared meal into Isaac. Now, earlier, Esau had already yielded his birthright over to Jacob, I guess for a bowl of soup, you know, because at that point he thought that he was not going to live very, th- very long. <clears throat> so now, <clears throat> excuse me. So, Jacob, with, with Rebekah's help, deceives his brother more carefully or cleverly. The story is still filled with tension between these two, two men, two boys or two men. Uh, so Rebekah gets Jacob all dressed up and hurriedly prepares this meal for, for Isaac while Esau is still out in the uh, fields hunting. <clears throat> Keep in mind, when we talk about the blessings, that's almost like a father bequeathing to his oldest son all of his inheritance. So, <clears throat> once it's done, apparently in that time, you could not undo it. So it was... It, these two characters are scheming to get it done quickly. So he wanted to get it done before his death. And so we see a little high-stakes game going on between Rebecca and Jacob trying to trick Isaac into bestowing this blessing before Esau comes back. So <clears throat> Jacob goes into East, uh, Isaac and 
tells him that he is Esau. Isaac apparently was not totally without reason because he's thinking and he's wondering, well, that was quick. I know David is a big deer hunter. You don't just run out and shoot a deer and they're back in 30 or 45 minutes. And I think Isaac was apparently cognitive enough to understand that. But Jacob claims, get this, Jacob claims that God granted him success. Now, that would be a stretch of the lie. Would not, uh, I would not want to be caught in at all. He's, saying, he's trying to convince his father that it was God's will that I went out and I just happened to find this, this um, meat for you and got it back this quickly. So, Isaac wants the feel of his son. He wants to touch him uh, to be sure that who he, he is who he says. So he touches Jacob's skin, covered hands. And he feels like uh, Esau, but he sounds like Jacob. He eats the meal that Jacob prepared for him. Then he kisses Jacob and he bestows the blessing on him. And that includes uh, the command or part of that would be that Jacob's brother would have to bow down to him. So you see these two brothers are in competition to see who's going to be the leader after that. Now, there's not a lot that I could read into it in the whole book other than that Jacob just deceived his his dad. And Isaac uh, uh, apparently had some doubts as to whether it really was Esau. But he makes up his mind to go ahead and, and, and bestow the blessing on who he thought was Esau, but it was actually Jacob. And he pronounces it, and it's clear now why Jacob wanted it so badly, because uh, he is now the inheritor of this very large estate. And in a very short period of time in this whole scenario, Jacob uh, had received the blessing and left. Well, Esau comes in from hunting with the game that he had brought. And when Esau identifies himself to his father, Isaac uh, is very upset and says that he's already given the blessing away. And Esau says that Jacob uh, is now rightly named. And finally, Isaac gives Esau another blessing, but it's not the blessing he wanted. It's a blessing that he will have to serve his brother. You can imagine how that went over. So it, you know, it all come, comes to a head, and the climax is Esau and Isaac both discover what's been done. And Jacob apparently had the reputation or the mentality to be someone who was 
what we would call today a crook. You couldn't trust him. And as I said again, uh, this whole scenario, though, was was not what was intended. It couldn't be undone. And Esau finally uh, uh, confirms that uh, he will be subservient to his brother. I had a cup. I need somebody to relay. Yeah. Well, she alludes to to this uh, just a couple of verses down. She didn't want to try to interfere because if she did, she would lose both of her sons rather than one. And I guess that is the only justification she could come up with. But I agree with you, and I think anybody would agree with that. Let's see, I had some of you. So what we have here is a text, textbook biblical example of deceit. And, I, you know, I thought, well, that's, we always were talking about, well, that was very deceitful, what somebody did. I just did a quick Google search this morning right before I walked out the door on deceit in the Bible and I quit counting when I went over a hundred different places where it's actually, that word is used in the connotation of what it's meant to be. And I was surprised, I guess, in a way. But then I got to thinking, you know, here we are today. We have deceit put before us every day. You turn on your TV, somebody's always trying to convince you to do something that they know is wrong, but they're trying to do it for their benefit and their gain. Andy. And everything, but perhaps that was deserved it. Well, yeah, I, I don't think there's any doubt in that. Um, uh, and, and that goes back to, to the customs in those days. And, and uh, unfortunately, uh, that's, uh, that's, that's a lifestyle that, that we have a hard time relating to. So here we go. So that, that pretty well wraps up chapter 27. Chapter 28. Uh, there was some contention about. Well, yeah. Well, for whatever reason, Rebecca apparently favored Jacob, you know, or else she would not have done uh, what uh, the lady back here is saying. Uh, it's just, when, when you look at it in the in the overall context, it's really a sad occasion, you know, that that, that families do that to each other. Uh, one claiming that God led him to do something that he, you know, was just a total lie, and to, to even be deceiving and deceptive to 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 your father, who who's loved you and and given you life. At the same time. We see it every day in different ways. People will do anything to achieve something that they want to the extent that they'll, they'll steal from their parents. You see what I'm saying? I mean, it, you know, it, just, it just shows you the humanity of this whole process. Which we all have to. Sure. Right. 
Yeah, that that. Yeah, it, it, it's it's just one big family feud when you get right down to it. Yeah, Mike. Well, it, it may have been just between the two boys, but I don't I don't know how that would. Isaac was not a party to that, obviously. So I don't. As it, in, in legal terms, and I'm not a lawyer, but in legal terms, I don't think that would have standing to be relevant to, to what Isaac was entitled to do as the as the, the father to pass his inheritance on to. So. Apparently so. Yeah. I think David touched, David touched on that a, a little bit. Yeah. You know, well, this whole scenario, that, you know, is, is under God's control. That this is his plan being developed it, and why it takes the, the routes that it takes, uh, you know, only, only he knows. But when you put it all into the, the context of the overall, yeah, it, like I said, we're trying to just hit the high points. We could spend a week just just going through one chapter and still not get all the, the meat that's in there. Uh, in fact, Dave and I have talked about we feel feel like we're, you know, kind of cheating everybody by trying to cover so much territory. And, and, and as we've said before, we would actually been happier if they had given us a year to teach this class rather than three months because it deserves it and uh, we're uh, you know we're just trying to hit the high points but I'm you know at times I'm tempted just to put the brakes on that and say okay let's let's sit down get our Bibles open and let's go verse by verse by verse and 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 see how this all uh, interwine intertwines together but anyway uh, here we are ready to go into chapter 28. Now, in chapter 28, Isaac blesses Jacob once again, telling him not to marry a Canaanite woman. And instead, he tells him to, to leave and to go to his grandfather Butuel's homeland of Padan Aram, and to take one of his uncle's Laban's daughters as his wife. Things get more complicated. So Isaac prays that God will bless Jacob and his offering, offspring with the same blessings that he gave Abraham, and that the land where he finally dwells as an alien will one day belong to him. And Jacob does what Isaac tells him to do. And when Esau sees that, that Isaac doesn't want his sons to have Canaanite women, uh, wives as just been uh, alluded to, he goes to Ishmael and marries Ishmael's daughter, Mahalath. So, like Abraham before him, Isaac has sent uh, his son Jacob to marry a woman from among his own people. 
who the people that worship his God instead of a local woman. And Isaac apparently uh, had originally intended Abraham's blessing to be to Esau, as, as someone has pointed out. But now it appears that, that he, he, Isaac, has reconciled himself to the fact that it belongs to Jacob now and that Jacob will carry on Abraham and Isaac's blessings uh, and offspring. And Esau, Esau uh, tries to do something that will gain his parents' approval. I'm not sure I understand where that was going. But on his way to Haram from Bathsheba, Jacob stops and goes to sleep using a stone for a pillow, as the, as the Bible says. I'm not sure I can understand exactly what the context of that would be. Uh, I spent many a night slipping on the ground but I never used a rock from my pillow. <laughs> the ground's hard enough as it is. You don't need a rock to put your head on. But anyway, there it was. And he has a dream about a ladder reaching up to heavens, and the angels ascend and descend up and down the ladder. And in this dream that the Lord stands beside him and declares his promises to him to give him the land of Jacob, and his many offspring. Blessings the earth, uh, families through him, and he, he promises to be with Jacob wherever he goes. So when Jacob wakes up, he's, he's overwhelmed by this encounter with God through this dream. <clears throat> so he takes a stone and sets it up on a pillar, not a pillow, but a pillar. Uh, and he calls that place Bethel. And he vows that God, or the Lord, will be his God, and that out of, out of what the God gives him, he'll always give back a tenth. Now, out of this whole chapter, which is a short one, there's two things that, that kind of popped out to me, <clears throat> the word Bethel. The word Bethel is, how many church buildings have you ridden by? Or how many church groups that you've heard all have the name Bethel associated with them? Uh, I do a lot of work with churches in my, in my occupation. So many of them have that Bethel this, Bethel that. And I often wonder, why did they do that? Where did that come from? Well, here it is. This is the word Bethel, this place. And he also promises God that what God gives him, he'll always give back one-tenth. What do we see that one-tenth being in today's religious community? What? Tithing? Yeah. I know, I have many friends that are in uh, other religious religions, Baptist church in particular, and they're always talking about tithing. Well, that's where it comes from. 
they want you to give one-tenth of your, uh, your income uh, as a payment back for what God's done for you. I thought that was interesting because we know what the, the, the New Testament tells us. We give according to how much we've made, uh, whether, whether it's 10%. Or 20% or whatever. Whatever we prosper, whatever we feel that our prosperity has given us, then we give that away. And um, that was the only two things that really stood out, in, in my opinion, uh, in that whole chapter. It's kind of convoluted, but the tithing and the, the Bethel thing was, was kind of interesting. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Uh, that's, <clears throat> uh, that's a good point. I appreciate you pointing that out. I tell you, uh, that's the first bell to ring. Uh, I think we'll go ahead and close it out. Rather than, uh, that finishes that chapter, so David will pick it up from there next week. And we've got uh, just a three or four minutes. If nobody has any other questions or comments, we're going to dismiss uh, the ladies because uh, they've got food things they need to be working on. So uh, we'll see you next week.